0: All right, three, two, one. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Money Market Truths. I am Mark, and this is... This is Mo from OTB Clubhouse. Man, how'd you do today, Mo? I know Um, everything was...
1: It was a great day. Um, I don't think there was much to do with um individual tickers. So we've been playing SPX since you can trade them uh, every single day now for zero day.
0: Yeah, man, that's that's some good news for all the traders out there. They no longer have to wait until the zero day mark,
1: I guess, right? It's good and bad because SPX can take everything away if you're not disciplined as well.
0: Yeah, if you're not familiar with SPX and you've just been playing with the SPY, I can tell you this is from experience. Um. It's it's crazy. It, it can go from like seventy cents to like ten dollars in in like a minute, and then yeah, also right. just completely go to zero the next. So it's it's pretty crazy, but I definitely enjoy it. So Mo, let's get straight into it, man.
1: What's the topic of the week? Um, one of the things that we keep seeing on Twitter and social media is um a lot of accounts will post, including myself. Hey, I made three hundred percent or four hundred percent, and I wanted to provide some context. I post a lot about this on. Uh, Twitter, because I really love um, trading psychology, which means how do you react to your own execution, your own results, but it also adds up to how do you react on external factors. So it could be like you're part of a group and you see, hey, I just uh, only made 50% on this trade and uh, someone made 500%. And I wanted to break that down because it's very crucial to understand that you need to look at the context behind The percentage. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Let's break it down. So let's take an example. You um, are a big account. I'm a small account. You um, basically bought ten contracts of SPX. I bought one contract of SPX. I followed my risk management. I made hundred percent on it, and that was my goal. I take profit, and I'm done. You know, I switch off Discord. I'm out. You other, on the other hand, had ten contracts,
0: Mm -hmm. and you
1: sold. um, Let's say you sold five at fifty percent and then you sold three at 100%, and then you sold two at 500% because you're like, I'm just going to let the runners go, uh, zero here, right? If you actually evaluate the total performance that your port did on that trade, it's actually only 235% or actually 135%. Wait, be careful if, we're only
0: if, saying only 100 That's still a lot. That's still in, a lot.
1: In comparison to saying 500% though. Yes. because what you're saying on the discord which is fine that's what we usually the, the terms we use is you let your runners at 500 but your entire report only did 135 right and the only reason why you can afford this is because you have multiple contracts so the reason why i bring this is because people that have been trading for two three years and already understand that but there's people that are brand new to the game they need to know that that's what's happening. And so if you're small accounts, you still need to follow your rule. The reason why I bring that up today is what's happening is you were following your rules and all of a sudden you see people um, like making 500%, 600% while you're cutting early, you think there's something wrong with you. So what you end up doing is I'm gonna hold this till zero. Mm -hmm. And then, then that leads to losses you gave up the system that was working, you become inconsistent. Do you feel like it's ever happened to you?
0: No, absolutely 100% has happened to me before, especially on the beginning phases when I first started trading and taking it serious. I would get out at like 30% and everyone else was making two, 300% in a single trade. And then I got in a bad habit, like you said, of holding longer than I should have. And as you recall, I usually only traded one contract. So that makes it even harder because if you only have one contract, you don't scale out. If you have multiple contracts, you can scale out at, at 25%, 50%, 75%, 100, whatever your plan is, it makes it a lot easier. So, so yeah, when I only had one contract, I would definitely hold way too long and then lose profit or actually lose a trade completely so yeah. that is 100 also just to touch on that i um i noticed that there was a uh, several youtubers and people on instagram they're not very well known but i can tell they're trying to like build up their following by showing the percentages like you just said yeah i think individuals need to also understand that when these people make these posts for example it's usually on like the robin hood app they will show their you know two three hundred percent and then they'll block out the amount of contracts and how yeah. much they got that contract for right and the reason why I say that because you get one contract for seven bucks and if you get lucky it goes to 14 and it shows hundred percent that's not really that big of a win I mean in a context yes you you doubled your money seven bucks to 14 bucks but it gives that false perception that you invested a lot of money and that you made thousands of dollars or hundreds of dollars so you have to be very careful um, with some of these people as well.
1: So you bring a good point. And this is a question I asked on Twitter and on the Discord too. What's better, 100% on Apple or 1,000% on SPX? The answer is we don't know because you might be playing with $10,000 on Apple and $100 on SPX. So what matters? Risk management matters. Your position size matters. How long you want to hold the position matters, right? You could be someone who only wants to hold for the first 30 minutes because you work full-time and you you know what you're doing so you can scale heavy. So you could just come in in the start of the day, put 10 grand on Apple, make 100% and leave. And then there's another person that buys only one contract on SPX for $1,000 and holds it all day. Which one's better? I don't know. You need to figure out what kind of trader you are. So that goes back to your point. Percentages really don't matter. It's the dollar rally at the end of the day. Do you really care at the end of the, you retire, you're like, hey, I made a 1,000% on my porch. <laughs> Like you're trying to hit an amount, right? And Correct, yeah. so I don't know if anyone's chasing a percent here, but everyone on Twitter seems to be chasing it. It's a marketing strategy.
0: It is, it is, because like, it doesn't look as cool if for like you just said, if I make um like thirty-five percent, but again, my I put up a lot more money, and that 35% could have got me three, 000, four thousand, you made eight hundred percent only made a hundred bucks so yeah you gotta you gotta be con- like really careful and understand the context and what they're posting so uh, I think you people just have to be m- way more careful these days yeah when it comes yeah. to yeah. like who you're following and what you're paying attention to and just understand that uh the percentages mean nothing like you said that's a yeah. valid point yeah. that's a very good point it's just good it's a marketing it's a sales tactics it's, it's great you know it, it See, definitely it's
1: it's it's the same, like everything's getting tied down these days. And I think it's because a lot of people are losing interest from trading and we need to be transparent here. A lot of people are cutting down on subscription services because, you know, when you have, let's say hundred, 200, 300 K portfolio, and now it's down 40%, you're like, I don't want to look at it. And even when you're trading, it reminds you constantly that you are in the market. Like a lot of people just want to shut it down. Forget about it and come back when the market gets normal. And so, what I'm starting to see is a lot of these challenges, right? A million-dollar challenge, hundred to a million dollars retirement challenges, and they're no different than those weight loss challenges that say seven days of juicing and you drop forty pounds. <laughs> and I don't think it, it's not that it doesn't work, but it like look at anyone, any person, they have a different why, a different. Effort. So if you want extreme results, you need to put extreme action. Make sense? Right. Yeah. In yep. training though, I remember you did a video once and it was basically about a person that said, you know, trading could be like an ATM, you could guaranteed make a thousand, whatever, every single day. But like it's not always like that. Cause some days are straight and you might not see an edge. And so you can't. So the challenge won't work. Does that make sense? Because it is based on what the market gives you too. Like, and when I say what it gives you it's the skills you have. So at the end of the day, it's dependent on you, but sometimes you don't have the skill to play that market, which happens to me all the time, where I'll be like, I don't see anything, but then you'll be like, oh, I see Roblox is doing that and you'll make money and I won't because your skill level took you to that trade. It's not that the market didn't give me the trade, I just wasn't skilled enough to make that trade. So a lot of people are using percentages with these challenges, which is a scary place to be, because if you're a newcomer, Your goal should be to do a better job at executing your trade and not the money part. But when you shift the focus to money and fast, you get the marketing part done, but the people that are getting in, they're not learning anything. They might get lucky, but they're gonna be facing inconsistent results in the future because they don't know what's happening. Because the lead indicator is your execution. The lag is the money part. So if they don't focus on the actual process, eventually the results will diminish or they're going to have bigger losses.
0: 100%. Speaking of um, the fact that you said individuals seem to lose interest now in trading, right? You run a group. Are you seeing more and
1: more people leaving? Yeah. People are mostly either leaving or they're just trading less. And which is like, I get it. Right. Like we've, we've covered, Hey, is trading for you? A lot of people realize it's not for them. A lot of people are going back because their jobs calling them back because COVID's done. And then a lot of people are leaving because they're tired of the negative attitude in the market. People, everyone's just frustrated because market only went up and holy shit, what's going on. Cause people bought the debt, right? If you didn't buy the dip and if you held, you still would have been fine. It shows you have patience. People kept buying dips without uh, understanding how low we can go. Um, yeah, it's 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 sad, um, but people are frustrated because most traders are investors and their investments are down. And so they just want to time off, which is fine, which is what I recommend people if they're emotionally not doing well.
0: Yeah, there's a girl that I helped. Um, I kind of guided her where to learn futures the proper way and like strategies that could potentially help that help me, for example. She I think had a really bad day today. Um she hit me up and she's like, you know, I'm I'm in that mindset now. Like maybe this isn't for me. And she was doing good for like three, four weeks, but the stuff happened. So I totally get it. If it takes too much of an emotional toll on people, maybe really honestly it's okay to say
1: Take a break. This isn't for
0: me right now. Yeah, just take a break. Maybe wait until the market really reverses, and then get in because it's a little bit easier. Let's just be real. During a bearish market, it's a lot harder to trade. I don't know what it is
1: psychologically. It just it just is. It's not hard, Mark. It's I'll tell you the same thing I t- uh, said every say to everyone. You need to take the investor hat out right now. If you cannot do that, you cannot trade. I spoke to someone and he gave you a shout out, and he said, um, you know, you put him with the comeback series. And he learned a lot about, uh, leaps and everything. And then now he's using supply and demand to apply the same principles with trading. He said that he only takes uh one trade a week and he takes it on Friday and his average return on SPX is 200%. And
0: nice. he
1: started with $500 and he's been doing that since December. So he's taken four trades a month. He doesn't go over that. That's and good. so, I don't want people to follow this because I'm not giving trading advice here. You could literally buy a long put and there's no way you're going to lose money on it. That's what, like, you could just follow the flow. So, about 100 million inputs came on for July 17th, right? Mm-hmm. And 100 million, not 100,000, 100 million came in SPY, QQQ, SPX, IWM combined. The problem that people are facing, and let's be honest, they're trying to buy the dips. They still are, man. In a bullish market, what do we do? We try looking for any dips and buying it. In a bearish market, any rips that you look, you need to be selling them. What are people doing? They're buying. They're buying the uh, freaking dips. Like I saw someone boasting about coin going to seventy from forty. It's still down fifty percent in the last one month. So it's not the market's hard. I think because you have investment and because that's down it's actually impacting people some people and again you're in the discord you can't really make the shit up some people are having the best time of their life trading right now because they don't care they just they're buying puts
0: i i probably agree with you on that one i think that might be one of the issues that i definitely have too when it comes to the option side of things because i was doing so well even during the bearish time. i was doing so well it was two months like i said about two months ago Something just changed. Maybe it was because my portfolio started going down really bad. It is or exactly I'm like, man, I I needed, I needed need to go back up. And that's why I just switched to futures because it's just easier. Click sell, boom, click buy on the quick reversal, the relief rally days or whatever, and I'll be fine. Um, but, nah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. It's If you can master the skill of really taking the emotional aspect out of things, I think you could be really successful at this.
1: Well, yeah, so look at this, SPX every single day gives you about 100 points to 200 points up and down every single day, almost every day. If you can be patient, trade, and then get the hell out of there, which I don't do, I'm trading all day, but if you could just leave, close the computer, you're fine. People are buying the dips, and then they are frustrated. Um, I think for the most part, most people are recognizing what's happening in the market, Um and as long as we're covering these bases and people are actually listening to our podcast, it'll make a lot of sense on what's happening and why it's happening and why you shouldn't cut the noise. Like You should not really take um, part in these, um, how, how should I say, exaggerated results, because most of the time, that's a good way to clap your account.
0: Yes. I have a buddy who texts me every single day. He just plays spy as well, right? Puts and calls. And he's happy with getting 30 to 40% because he's doing it consistently and he is fine yeah. with it. And he used to be a guy he used to get like 150, 200%. Now he's like, dude, I'm, I'm good. He, he usually typically buys two to three months out a put. Yeah. Even if there's a relief rally, he does not freak out. He's like, dude, it's yeah. going to go down. I know it already. I'm looking at the market. There's nothing indicating that the market's going to go up. Yeah. And then he just waits until another massive drop, makes us 35, 45%. He's like, I'm done. Cool. Thank you. Rinse, repeat. It does it every single time. It kind of makes me mad sometimes. I'm like, stop sending me your freaking success stories.
1: Yeah, like <laughs> oh. if you don't like the volatility and let's say the market rips one day and you go buy, fr- again, not a financial advice, you end up buying Friday puts because you don't like the volatility on zero days, there's a very high likelihood you'll make money. We've, we've had seven red weeks.
0: Yeah, it's bad. If you go into the weekly, you can see. You
1: can yeah, see. Right? Even on a monthly,
0: man. Even on a monthly, it's been consistently red yeah so, but yeah let's let's move on to the hot topic by the way so everybody who's listening dude the recession is over we're at the bottom it's time i'm telling you right now it is time to start buying all the growth stocks i'm talking about honest i'm talking about uh tattoo chef i'm talking about peloton palantir it's time to buy every single one of those including qqq because the bottom it's it's done
1: of course not, man. I don't agree. <laughs> um,
0: no, I'm just saying this because there's so many, I'm already seeing it on Twitter and Instagram. People are already saying this. They're like, yo, this is the time. Start buying all these growth stocks. I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? And it's funny because like right when we started this podcast, I wanted to double check to see where Zoom is at. Because yeah. uh, Zoom earnings, apparently they did really well at yeah. 4 p.m. Yeah. We're shooting this at 6 p.m. At 4 p.m., I saw it and I was like, man, it was up over 18%. Yeah over 18% and that's why everyone's like it's over the recession it's so it's over you got to start buying these these beat up stocks is buy the dip buy the dip buy all these crap stocks i mean i did a whole video on it with the shit stocks and people are sitting there bragging talking about it's time to buy these you know oh buy them now because you know 5 10 years from now uh you you'll you'll thank me or whatever but you don't know that man half of these companies are going to die yeah. It's just like a yeah. dot-com bubble, man. Not every single stock survived. Some yeah. did, some didn't. But the reason why you were talking, I was looking this up because I want to make sure that I was giving proper information. Dude, Zoom was up 18% at 4 p.m. Yeah. It's only up four percent. It completely collapsed. I don't know what happened, but it ran up to it was $108 when I um was looking at it at 4 p.m. And now it's $93. So it's only four bucks over where. It closed today, which is, um, which is crazy, but that's, that's what I kind of want to talk about Zoom. I'm kind of, honestly, I'm kind of shocked that it even did well. I'm shocked that it even ran up. Uh,
1: do you believe in Zoom? Well, it's not that I don't believe in, in, in the company itself. They, apart from subscription, they don't have anything else, right? How many people are actually using paid subscription? <laughs> And what are they doing with the unpaid subscriber? Are they selling their information? Are they targeting them for ads? They're not doing any of that shit, right? And in this environment, uh, companies that aren't making profits or aren't um, undervalued are going to get sold. Like, um, man, honestly, I don't want to dis-arc, but probably Kathy was buying it at those prices when we ripped and some smart fund probably started shorting it after hours or people started taking profits, right? because people know that this bear market's going to stay and no bear market has ended at 30 VIX, right? Yeah, yeah. So So. it's not over and it's sad that people are getting trapped into this. Like, and I I don't know how long it's going to stay, but uh, buying good companies even now, like if you told me you were buying Apple, like you said you're buying Apple at 136, It goes to hundred, you know, you never know, but managing your risk, you understand what the company brings on the Mm -hmm. table in comparison. Um, If Apple dies tomorrow, there's a very good chance. The rest of the spy falls with it (laughs) because second top holding for Apple. So you're just putting money in safer. um, That's right. Personally, the way I would do it, right. I would average down on less risky investments if that's what I had to do. I would wait for confirmation on the garbage until we know what's not garbage. So I'm okay uh, buying coin for 150 bucks, right? We need to get more information. I'm not okay buying buying coin right now, which is a 60, because it, it can go to 30,
0: right? Uh, say sitting again. You're okay with buying coin at 150, but not right, right now?
1: now i'm okay with buying good companies like you want to buy yeah, spy yeah. shares you want to buy qq shares i know you have something pretty cool too that you want to talk about and it's yes. much cheaper but i would not be buying like palantir i wouldn't be buying peloton like that's where if i'm buying that i'm expecting zero i would buy yeah. that later when all the shit's over i might not make as much but i would buy it on confirmation
0: yeah, and, and that's what I don't understand because these YouTubers, I'm talking about some of these like really, really popular ones. And obviously they are selling a course, but I've noticed this, they're just like these characters on CNBC when there's a relief rally. Everything's going up. It's great. You know, it's yeah. time to buy. It's time to buy. But then tomorrow, the Fed is speaking. I'm pretty sure the Fed's speaking tomorrow. I be speaking tomorrow. Yeah. The,
1: uh, and, Paolo, speaking tomorrow.
0: yeah. I, I, I mean, I can't guarantee anything, but I'm pretty sure things are probably going to dip. If not tomorrow, Wednesday.
1: We're down, uh, tech is down 2% after hours because of uh, what's happened with Facebook. uh, They said they're not going to provide guidance because of the market ahead of the environment. And then that's why I think uh, Snap is down 30% right now. And because of that, Facebook is down 7%. What happened with Facebook? So basically when an earning comes out, there's two things that matter. What the company did now and what the company is going to do in the future, which is called guidance, right? Right. Market is forward-looking, and so are we. Snap. Just, um, I'm not sure who, because I'm coming straight into the podcast. Someone from uh, their team management said that they will not be giving out guidance, meaning the numbers for next quarters, because they don't know the market condition, and because of that, it sold. I think. Let's let me check. Dude, this is uh not good. Oh god, I got. This is
0: what drives me nuts. Like I got shares in Facebook, a ton of shares. Actually, not a ton of shares for a broke person. Let's be clear. But I, now I have several thousand dollars in in Facebook and so I, Snap,
1: snap was twenty two and now it's down to fifteen seventy five, and because I think that's about thirty percent. And then Facebook is down um, from one ninety eight to one eighty. It this doesn't end I mean, yet. Yeah, this doesn't end yet. The bear market doesn't end yet. There, there's <laughs> way more to it. There's a lot more fuel in the tank. Um,
0: so oh Lord yeah. Snap, that's that's crazy. Now I definitely know uh, that's probably like a trader's um love story right here, right? For Snap, fifteen bucks, it's probably gonna jump up at one point uh, significantly at, and then drop again. But that's that's so who that's really low, fifteen yeah. bucks. That's probably the lowest I think Snap's ever been. Correct. Uh, Let's check That's insane Yeah man, Facebook I'm holding it, I still believe in it it, I still think it's going to be a successful company in the future It's just, it's definitely going to just take an ass beating For the next year, two years, three years Who knows But that's what I'm saying If I had a bet between uh, Snap or Facebook It's obvious Facebook Right? You agree?
1: Snap filled the gap for 19 October 2020 uh, Finally So now we're there um, yeah, man. Like Mark, like let's say you have 100k and you put 4k into or 3k into Snap, you'll be fine. I think what people are doing, they're putting 30 to 40 percent on individual stocks. Yeah, and yeah. that's it's just not never recommended. Like, there's a really good book by um, Ray Dalio. I can't think of it on top of my head, and he goes over how you should organize your portfolio. It's amazing. Everyone should go through it because we only talk about tech there's more to stock market than tech. Um. Absolutely.
0: And I learned that too, as like an investor, when I first started again, I got really heavily into this back in 2020. And all I did was buy tech and we've seen what it can do when you just have all your investments in one sector, it completely destroys your portfolio. So there's definitely a balance that I've been shifting towards uh, more ETFs. I've been shifting more towards ETFs. I, I don't like the REITs right now because I, you and I both agree the housing market is probably going to collapse. However, the only REIT that I'm invested in is IIPR because it is in the marijuana business. But they're they're renting out the the land to the grow houses and stuff, and it's like literally at one of the most crucial demand zones right now. That's the only reason why I end up getting it. But you have to diversify at this point. People needed to just stop looking just at tech. Don't get me wrong, S and P 500 is mostly tech, right? But I think it's very healthy to look at stocks that that are not always super popular, that you don't always hear on YouTube, that you don't always hear on Twitter, which leads me to um, what I'm going to talk about here next. Just real quick, before I start getting into the stock that I'm gonna talk about, remember this is not financial advice. This is for educational purposes only. So remember, I am not a financial advisor. I have zero licenses. I am just an average guy who's been learning about the stock market. So this is, again, this is no way. Recommendation, what you should do, you should definitely seek out a licensed professional and financial advisor for anything that we talk about here on this channel. Once again, this is not financial advice. Let's get to it. So this is the ETF.com comparison. So a lot of us um, actually... Continuously focus on the normal ETFs that we see over and over, which is typically uh, VOO, BTI, VUG, whatnot, you know, uh, IVV. But there's another ETF. It's like the baby brother to SPY, and it's SPLG. Uh, it's only like around 40 some dollars right now. I was invested in VOO for a year and a half, two years or so, and I sold right before the dip. And again, this stock, VOO, is literally like four, over $400 at that time. I don't know how much it is now. Let's see. It's probably like in the 300s now. Um, but the average person, like if you just don't have a uh, a good job or something where you can afford to drop $400, yeah, it's $364 now. If you don't have um, money to buy a bunch of shares every single month in VOO, you can look at SPLG, which is literally the baby brother to SPY. And everything is very similar. If if I scroll down right now, you can see that the expense ratio is similar. The AUM is very different. Now, obviously, the AUM is way more on SPY, on uh, VOO, and SPY, obviously, a lot of people trade. A lot of people um, get options on that. This is probably not a good one to have options on. They are cheap. And maybe if you want to do, like, leaps in the future when the market really turns around, it's a small investment. Your return is not going to be something super crazy like on VOO or SPY, but it's safer. So the reason why I ended up selling VOO is because I want to start accumulating a whole bunch of shares and start uh, selling them off down the line. So once I sold my VOO, I started investing into the SPLG. It was, I think about $45 or so when I started investing into it and I sold it at $51. And I've slowly been scaling back in. But again, I don't recommend anyone invest into anything right now until the market really turns around till we see a
1: clear direction. Mark, just, no, no recommendation.
0: Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no recommendation. Again, um, I'm, I'm not a financial advisor. Up to you what you want to do. Um, I'm just saying that this could potentially be a better choice for people who don't have a lot of money. And if you want to accumulate over um, 100 shares in a, quicker manner than you could on voo again everything is really exactly the same except the aum because like i said it's not a really a, a great stock to or etf to really trade or whatnot so again it's splg and right now um so this is just me personally this is a level that i have set up i have uh i want to buy a lot more shares at 4286 if i see a real clear direction wherever the market is going. Cause again, I don't think we're out of this bearish territory yet. But I, as for the levels and stuff, I'm seeing 4286. And that's the only thing I really want to touch on. And if you go to my YouTube channel as well, Trading with a Dummy, I did a whole video on it when I was doing that tick of a week where I would cover one ticker per week. And SPLG was on there. And I just noticed that a lot of people don't talk about it. It's just very affordable. It's in the 40s. So again, if you don't have a lot of money, this might be one you want to eye. Awesome. Man. Yeah, that was it. So, and now you, you want to go and do some training when it comes to option trading some strategies, right?
1: Yeah. So my target's always been able to find simple tools um, that people can use um, to basically understand macro better because a lot of people started with micro meaning day to day trading but they don't understand the macro environment and if you can combine both of them you can understand why you trade and why a trade happens a certain way so the first thing i want to talk about is anytime you're looking at any trade always start by looking at what the long term trend is so basically start with a higher time frame and then go to a lower time frame what i want to cover today is the bollinger band. band last week we talked about it um but I didn't really get into what the, uh, what the indicator is. So I'll go over in detail. So we're looking at a daily chart for SBX and we're using, I'm going to take these trend lines out. We're using, uh, Bollinger band, Bollinger band, basically on average, most, um, most companies that have BB. So trading view or transpider, they'll have a 20 day simple moving average. And, uh, Um, above and bottom line are basically um, standard deviation. One's a positive, one's a negative standard deviation. Um, The way I look at this is if something is on the top of the Bollinger band, it's overbought. So it's kind of like RSI, but it's more effective. And then the bottom one means it's oversold. I don't ever use this on individual stocks because let's say you put this on AMD and AMD releases a new chips. You can be overbought for all day and you guys will basically be out way too early. I use this mostly for indexes and I use this mostly on range days. If we have a clear trend day, you're going to see us go something like this. Um, It's basically going to keep topping off, but the candle will never get outside. So it's perfect if you're looking at for a range day. So that's another thing um, that I want to talk about was what is um, happening here. Hold on let's go yeah we're daily so most of these trades that happen in the bollinger band uh, they're expected to be about 90% only 10% of these candles actually happen outside the band and if they do go outside like in this case here they jump back in pretty quick and i'm talking about indexes not individual stocks individual stocks can stay there much longer Usually, if we are in a bearish market, if there's no strength, you're going to see something like this where it hits the midline and it drops. If we are in a position of strength, which you can confirm from um, flow and whatnot, and what if there's news, you get the touch on the top. So I'll show you the trade that we took today um, was this right here. We basically saw the bounce at 3973 I got into SPX um, 39.80 for $2.80. And it basically uh, went to, I believe it went to $9. But again, I sold it way before because um, this market, you want to take profits on money depending on where your position size is. But let me quickly show you the trade. So the trade was taken... was a very quick trade. And because it happened late in the day, uh, one second. It happened right here. So added the 39.80 when it went outside and because we, we were trending up all day. So this was around 280 at around here it was nine bucks, but I sold it around here for around $8. Um, apart from that, um, my goal is to talk about um, BB next session as well. And if anyone has any questions, just feel free to email it to us or DM it to us on our Insta page and we'll go over them. But that's it for me, Mark. Mike, uh, Mark, sorry.
0: Yeah, hey, close. Man. Uh, I always want to be called Mike. But uh, yeah, man, so, yeah, that, was, that was pretty much it. Again, just don't get too overly excited um, during these relief rallies is the biggest uh, takeaway I would like to leave people with. I know you will see it a lot on some of these really popular YouTubers saying that this is what we're talking about. You should have bought the dip. You should have bought the dip. But then three days from now, you may really be pissed that you did buy the dip. But like you said, Mo, I mean, a good suggestion. And again, this is a suggestion. Just buy, I guess, it's maybe average down on some of the positions you've had for years if you want to. But me, I'm I'm actually going to just cool off. Yeah. For the next couple of months, really, like for real, for real. I know I say that like every time, but I'm like, oh, Microsoft is at 250. Oh, Apple's at 130. Like uh, I'm really like for real. I'm I'm not buying anything anymore for the next couple of months because I don't see any reason right now for the market really to turn around. It's just it's just too much going on with the Fed, with the recession, with the interest rates, with the war, with the economy. It's just everything's everything's a mess right now. So that's
1: just my two cents, man. You want to leave the audience with anything at, before we uh, tune out? Um, Yeah, man. Uh, the only thing I'd say, just remember this, no technical indicator is perfect. The only thing that will ever help you, that stuff that's within your control, which is your position size and your entry. Everything else, the market decides.
0: Absolutely. If you're a trader, you should be um, managing your risks. If you're an investor, don't invest. <laughs> money that you are not willing to let sit for a very very long time so that is it everybody again my name is mark and this was
1: mo from otp clubhouse
0: <laughs> and you can follow us here we have our uh instagram right there at the bottom but definitely follow us on the money market Truths. we're trying to pump this youtube channel up so go there follow us subscribe share it with friends and we we'll see you guys next week peace out We'll